Is it rolling, Bob? Is it rolling, Bob? And you betcha she is. Listen, boys and girls, you know the uh, the way this works, don't you? Generally, you know, these podcasts are about an hour long each week. And it's usually done in about three segments, different points during the week, because those points will catch whatever's on my mind at any particular time and also reflect my moods, which, as you know, uh, go up and down. So right now, I am at Bluffers Park, uh, watching... Oh, that's not a sidhu, that's just a fucking noisy, dirty motorboat going out. All right, no problem with that. Let it go, let it go. I'm in my uh, one of my favorite spots, favorite viewing spot, of course, overlooking the inlet and the, you know, the uh, weeping willow trees and all that. But what's special about today is I'm sitting in my camping chair, the one with the fold-out table. And uh, I haven't been able to sit in this thing for a couple of months because um, one side, the stitching just went. Was cheap stitching, you know. This is a chair I bought at, uh, I think it was a Wasco, the uh, RV dealership. It was on sale, I think it was 50% off, like 50 bucks for a $100 chair or whatever. Uh, very, very handy. This is my best possible Mossport chair because you got this little table beside you that folds flat and it's got a place for your drink that won't spill. Um, and pockets, side pockets to keep your, you know, whatever you need in the pockets. It's excellent. Um, but, uh, it ripped. So the first time it ripped, I paid $50 to have it hand stitched at a uh, furniture upholstery store in North Vancouver. I got burned. There were better places, but I just wanted my damn chair back and I had no idea. I don't think at the time it was going to cost that much, but I had already committed and, uh, so paid and, you know, then when the other side got, thought, well, shit, now I've... I've doubled down. I've got to pay to have this thing done. Well, I went to another furniture store here in uh, Kingston Road in uh, Scarborough. And the guy said, oh, no, we don't do that stuff. And then I chatted with him, you know, how's business and so on. And he left. And then he came right back. He said, you know, there's a place, small little place by the McDonald's on Victoria Park and Girard. And he does some repair. Yeah, you might check that out. Well, I went and checked that out a few weeks ago, a couple of weeks ago. And um, he was closed for a holiday. Turns out uh, Nerik had gone to, uh, or Nerik, I guess, had gone to Israel for a vacation. Uh, I went back once he had opened. And uh, I guess that was the Monday. And he said, oh, yeah, I could fix that. $15. $15. As opposed to the $50 I paid for the other side. <laughs> so it balances out, I guess. I'll take it. He said, come back Thursday. Today's Thursday. And here we are. And uh, to commemorate this special occasion, having my chair back, I uh, decided I had to go to Bluffers Park and get my favorite spot. So here we are. All right. So there's our intro. That's how we get started. Obviously, I'm happy. I have a chair back. I paid a reasonable price. Everything is good once again. This could change. But um, there's more than that. There's more than that. Today, I did something else that was on my list for a long time, at least six months, maybe eight, nine months. Um, My wife had been suggesting that it would be in my long-term interest to put my name into a a retirement home, some some place where I could get care down the road. And I think this came out more when I was diagnosed with a neuropathy and I had a couple of falls and, you know, already got one leg wearing a brace. And, and I know I've talked about this before. My son picked up on it. My older son, Dad, you know, you gotta, you gotta be prepared to have your house renovated and all that. My younger son still told me, "Hey, you know, you need a railing on the basement stairs." Uh, I, I do it in a very clumsy way, and I can't carry heavy things. 
up and down those stairs. But anyway, yeah, so she did mention through social worker friends a particular place. I'm not going to give the name for whatever reason. It is a Christian organization in Scarborough. That narrows it down. Anybody wants to Google could probably find it. Um, and so today I actually went. They give tours. Regular tour person was off. I met somebody else called Romeo. Uh, very nice men who uh, led, led me around the outside uh, to see the entire facility. And there, there are like four levels depending on your needs from independent condo living, independent rental living, uh, and then retirement living, and then nursing home. So you can sort of bump your way down. Um, and what an amazing facility. I walked in like spotlessly clean, very efficient, very friendly staff, uh, an amazing cafeteria open to anybody. And the first thing I did was, how much is an egg sandwich? Well, I checked the price. I didn't ask anybody. And it was $3.75. Well, that's real. That's not gouging like in a hospital or something. That's a pretty reasonable price for a chopped egg sandwich. Um, and it was beautiful. And I thought, man, I could just sit here. So I had my tour. He showed me the facilities, which were for retirement people, some in wheelchairs, some with walkers, all meals provided. Um, and you knew, oh, that is going to cost you your life savings, you know, and you're going to run out very, very soon. Um, and it was a good lesson because I saw inside a couple of rooms. They were very small. And it just reminded me, oh, this is like where my mother stayed in her final years. And, boy, I'm not there yet. So this was a kind of like a slap in the face almost. Like, whoa, all right, dude, it's good to be thinking about this. I'm glad you went. But I'm not ready for this yet. This is not the time. Now, the point was nobody was saying it was the time. But there's a get your name in, get your name in, because... There are waiting lists for good places. So it was time well spent. Um, it is a place like, well, wow, uh, you know, if it wasn't for the ridiculous cost, I think this would be a, a, a nice place to move into. But there were other options. Renting and even condos you could actually buy on the ground, sort of connected, so you've all you've got your definitely you got your foot in the door, literally. I mean, because you have access to the pool and everything else. Oh my God! So that that was kind of good. It just it kind of freshened up my mind. Okay, there is a future I have to think about, and there are some options. Um, once I sell the house, the, the question was, you know, part of the reason for not even wanting to think about selling the house: where do I go? And this um, facility still within Scarborough, my beloved Scarborough. Anyway, I, I'm just putting that out there because that's what I did today. I did something productive again, and that's also why I'm feeling better and a little less depressed. Because some days you wake up and you just feel shitty and you're not making enough progress. Now, talking about progress, you, I can't have any thoughts about moving without thinking about every fucking thing I would have to get rid of. And basically, to move into a condo, I would have to completely get rid of everything else. Now, you've already heard me already go on talking about that in preparation, all my excitement for this new uh, website, uh, YouTube video channel I'm going to do, flogging this stuff. The thing is, and I, I've mentioned this before, and, you know, real listeners will understand, my, my brain works in odd ways. And, well, I think all our brains do, but... One of the things, I get excited by new ideas. It, it just, I feed on the energy. Something comes on. I get visions. I and, and it just, there's a cycle. And it just, wow, it chugs on. It feels great. It feeds me. I feel uh, excited. Uh, and I just love that whole process of coming through. How can I do this? What can I do? How would I do that? And I'm making notes. Once it gets to a certain stage and it comes to the practical level of actually getting started, eh, the, the fun is kind of gone. The interest isn't quite at the peak level it was when it was a new idea. And and that's something I have to really challenge. And, and I mean, it's especially true when I'm high and, oh my God, the ideas, you know, and wow, oh yeah, they'll love that. And then you're back to normal and you look at your notes or whatever, and you think, oh, 
No. No, I don't think they'll be as excited about that as I was. So I don't know where we're at with that. I just, uh, <coughs> sorry, just giving an update, trying out the new chair. It's working. Yeah, it's working. I'm not quite on level ground, so I'm sort of slanting a little forward, which is not the optimal position to be in. But uh, God damn, it's nice to have it back. And to know there is a place that uh, when something else breaks, I can get it fixed. Okay, so maybe, I don't know, that would be a good place to stop. Except that I just listened to the latest <sighs> The Show Hole, The Show Hole podcast. It's always been one of my favorite. Well, I'm still kind of sorry they fired Brunt, also known as the Closet Freak. Um, that's that's unfortunate. I, I would like his voice in there, but you know he's he's un, he's un, he's proved himself many times to be unreliable. Although, get this, I recorded a podcast that wasn't recorded, a gappage after he committed an hour, gave his best ever hour to me, and I lost that. We went to uh, MMPR in uh, Hamilton. We had our chance on stage live to do a gappage. I hijacked the whole damn show and, and blurted out things with no endings and it was it was ridiculous and basically wasted that one as well. I think there were, you know, there weren't boos, but, um, you know, it, it wasn't entirely well received except for the part where I love Brent. I've already gone over that. So we had one scheduled for Saturday morning this Saturday and now I've gone and backed out of that one three in a row Jesus so in terms of unreliability I'm afraid I uh, I, I can't say anything about Brent's failures it is now in my hands uh, the reason is my dear brother I mentioned when my um, uh, when my road trek had um, problems electrical problems you would have heard that in the last podcast if you listened um, if he had been around, I would have driven to his place from where I was, and he would have had a look and so on, but he was in New Brunswick. Well, he heard about it through, I guess, his daughter, that, uh, you know, Uncle Ken's road trek has electrical problems, and he called me and said, listen, if you can drive it down here, I'll take a look. I think I know how to fix it. And so, of course, I called back. And said, uh, if, you're st if the offer's still good. Uh, and he said, sure, bring it down. And my worry was I didn't want him to feel pressure that he had to fix it. That maybe maybe it is a very serious problem and he won't be able to. But it's worth it for me to drive down to where they live, outside of Ottawa, um, and have him have a look. So I'm driving down Friday morning and will, of course, stay overnight. And that means I can't record a podcast Saturday morning, the question is, will I be back in time to have a, uh, a gathering at the only cafe, 3 o'clock Saturday afternoon? And that's yet to be decided. I think I could make it. I think I could make it. I think I'll aim for it. Stay tuned. You will hear the answer. You keep listening to this podcast. I don't know the answer now. You don't know the answer. But time reveals what's going to happen. So uh, you will know whether I made that or not. So anyway, back to the show hole. That's the topic I was getting on to. <laughs> they did a very interesting episode. I'm really glad they talked about whether Trump will get jail time. And I think the consensus was, no, he'll never go to jail. And that, that bothers me, even though he should. Was he stealing files that he could sell? Interesting that uh, Oliver said to the Saudis, because he's so much in debt, I was thinking the Russians, uh, but he won't be held on that either. He will simply get off, or he'll stall enough until he dies. You know, he'll never do jail time. And he'll keep Mar-a-Lago, and he'll owe millions to people, and uh, for whatever reason, somebody will keep him afloat, bastard. Um, anyway, the other thing they got on was, of course, the Queen's death. That was the topic. Of course, they're going to go over that. Um, and, you know, I think they they did a fairly decent, fair job of 
showing she was an honorable woman and worked hard all her life. And, and so we, we'll just leave that there. It was Charlie, Chucklehead, as Oliver referred to him, who they gave a hard time. Now, I just want to say, and this isn't direct, necessarily directed at uh, the people who put out the show hole, but it's the public in general, those people who think, oh, my God, they have servants. Life is so easy for them. Life is not easy being born into royalty. Now, some maybe get off a little better than others. It's definitely, uh, uh, you know, different from being poor. No question there. But just having servants doesn't make your life easy. Servants who are watching your every move. Um, people who can write tell-all books about you. Being under constant scrutiny by a lot of people who hate you and want you to make mistakes. This this anybody who says, oh, it's easy, that, that's just plain, downright ignorance. And those people, I mean, I, I don't want to, I don't want to use up all this time defending Charles. Now, I'm a fan of his because he is an outspoken on the environment long before it became a cause. Um, in favor of organic farming, lots of other things that he has actually done. And for people who think he's stupid, well, fuck you, he's not. That's just plain wrong. He might have opinions you don't like. He upset the architects uh, when he criticized modern architecture and some of the buildings going up, and that's fine. You know, he's not supposed to. Now he's a king. He will be doing less of that, I'm sure. Um, but to say that he's stupid... Or, you know, these people are, are lazy. This is ridiculous. And if you had just watched any of the uh, royal procession for the Queen's funeral, uh, that hasn't happened yet for just the, the lying in wait, uh, for people to see the viewings, public viewings, to watch them walk from Buckingham Palace to Westminster Hall or wherever it is that she was on view for. You, know, you didn't see the Queen. You saw the coffin and the flag draped over it, but... People wanted to go and pay their respects, and they lined up six kilometers long. Well, those all those people can't be stupid. Um, <coughs> um, but with cameras focused in on him and Princess Anne and the sons, marched that whole time and stood at attention for all this rigmarole, this procedure for the which was organized and planned that in a way that I don't think any other country on earth could do to that degree of uh, efficiency with decorum and uh, it just it was just well done now of course this is the time for the haters you know the monarchists they're the ones the royalists the royal family they're the ones that are responsible for the um, you know the uh, Native children who were taken away from their families. No, no, there isn't a direct connection to Queen Elizabeth. And yes, the the British history, you know, I'm not going to get into that. That's too big a topic. Um, I'll just say, hey, there's a lot of countries that have benefited from the English language, having the English language, and um, a, learned about, you know, Democracies, parliamentary procedures, a lot of other things that are still in use today that uh, were spread by the British, but we'll leave that aside too. Um, the, the legacy of the, the English language, Shakespeare, all the other stuff that Britain has given the world, we'll, we'll just park that as well. Can't cover everything here. But basically I just want to address the issue that this is not an easy life. Um, and and say it is, and and the Queen here. There are there's very few people. I, I can't think of any, especially on, amongst politicians. You know, maybe put Gandhi up there, uh, who have lived such a, a a saintly, good Christian life. I'll throw in Christian because she was. Um very hard for anybody to measure up to. Uh, as for skipping Charles and passing it on to his son, no, it's not the time yet. That will come. 
Um, but he will do his best. And uh, I wish him well. That's all. Uh, we we spend enough time on this. I, I you know, I'm really not chastising anyone, and uh, I have no problem with people who are you know want to abolish the monarchy. That's fine. It's going to happen sooner or later. But for now, it's a plus for England. I'm sure. Just in tourism alone, it pays for itself. And it it's basically they are living historians. They are living museum keepers they're keeping this alive for future generations to, and, and that's of that's of interest it's it's a valuable educational tool so all right you park it there i know i could have done a better job i could have been you know i could have shouted like jason shouted at the dogs but uh, I'm not in that mood. I just want to say, give 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 the guy a chance, and uh, you know, his life has not been easy from the start. Scarborough dude signing off from Bluffers Park. Uh, happy in my new chair. Bye for now. Oh, this is episode nine hundred and twelve, I believe. Bye bye. <laughs>
Coming up on our sixth anniversary of me owning this, I still really don't know what. Well, I know I could explain it, not very well, um, but I don't need to use it. Anyway, that's not the problem. It's not about the switch. It's about the inverter itself. Where is it? Well, I've looked. People have described it to me, kind of a black box, and uh, I've not been able to find one. So, this morning, I got up at 8, and I uh, got up early, and was on the road by 8 to drive down to where my brother is, and uh, pull Sal into his driveway, and uh, then we started. And uh, my brother kindly, you know, plugged it in, checked that, asked about this. We took one panel off that had all the uh, on-off switches and the circuit breakers and thought maybe the inverter's there, and that turned out to be uh, a false lead. We had to screw that panel back on. And so he went outside and he looked for the cable, and so I got to see where the cable that you plug in, you know, goes into the van. Like, where does it actually get into inside the van, this very important cable, which is how you get your power? And he said, it's got to be in there. And he pointed to this sofa, and we had taken the top off before. And uh, it's an area where all the water, the plumbing, the water heater, the <laughs> the tanks, the pipes, <laughs> everything for the whole water supply is in this box. But I don't see any converter or inverter. He said, "Well, look, we got to take this box off. We got to take this off. There's some screws there. Everything in the road truck, which I like about it, uses Robert's head screws. Those are the square ones. They are so much easier to work with." It's only the Americans who don't use them. I, they refuse to adopt them, but uh, they are—they are the way to go for screws. Anyway, we took off this wooden panel, and lo and behold, there's the black box that had to be the inverter. Very, very difficult to get the top off. When we finally did, he finally did, because he's doing all the work. I could unscrew and screw in some bolts or some nuts or, you know, tighten things, but uh, I can't fix anything. Richard got that top off, and sure enough, there's two wires dangling in the air all by themselves, not attached to anything. And he said, that's it. That's it. That's your problem. So we identified it. Now, this would have, had I taken it into a dealership, it would take them a very long time to take apart all this stuff, and I would have been charged considerable money before they even started to fix the thing. Now, my brother knew, okay, this white one should go on this post, and this one should be, but gosh, I want to be 100% sure before I connect those two things, which, you know, is the key to this vehicle having power, before I connect them, I've got a friend who's an electrician, retired electrician. Maybe we'll go visit him. We'll drive over to his place. So he calls up his friend. His friend says, no, 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 no. I'll be right over. This retired electrician, good friend of my brother, somebody he has coffee with every single morning, comes over, gets in here, bends up. And remember, we're talking about an older man, retired, looks at, oh, yeah, yeah, there's your problem. No, we're going to clean those up, too. And So I have an electrician who refuses, of course, to take any money. I insisted my brother take money to buy him a coffee tomorrow morning when they meet again. Um, he looked at this, saw the problem, tugged away at the wire, made a couple of adjustments, connected those things, and lo and behold, problem solved. Sal is fine. We have power. So I, I'm just so happy. I'm so grateful. I mean, this is the the, fun, the point of the story is not just about it getting fixed, but the fact that I have an, a brother who will be 80 in December who is still doing favors for his little brother. And, you know, it just, it, it, it's just so damn nice. He has, his entire life, he has been there for me and has fixed things and, uh, you know, given advice. He has just been a great older brother and I am blessed with an older sister. 
who has also been great and kind and always looked after me and used to make me sandwiches every time I'd come and visit and take her children out for a ride. And she's featured in many of the letters in the books because we used to exchange letters when I was sorting out my life and she was sorting out hers. And So I, I am blessed with a wonderful older brother and older sister. And I think this sort of Sometimes you hear me whine on about me being spoiled and selfish and so on. And part of it is I've always been on the receiving end. I've always been the little brother who somebody was helping. And I guess it sort of shaped my sense. I'm not giving much to them, but they've always given to me. And I guess that makes me feel a little bit, you know, spoiled. <laughs> and, of course, they really just pointed that out when I was young. I got away with stuff that they never would have gotten away with. Uh, you know, in the family, I mean, I mean, I did whatever I wanted to do, but it, you know, not to my credit, it's made me lazy and selfish, but that aside, I'm just very happy. And, uh, now I'm cozily lying here. It's plugged in. I've got power and, uh, I just feel good. Huge problem. solve a problem saving, you know, a couple of hundred bucks, I'm sure. You know, I've just, because they said, drive on down and uh, I'll look at it. So there you go. I'm going to just keep it simple like that. I'm just very happy and grateful. I spent a wonderful evening catching up with my brother and uh, his wife. Uh, they, you know, fed me supper and uh, I fell in love with her cat, Henry. And uh, we just had a nice evening chatting and sharing old stories. And he gave me a lot of old photographs that I didn't have copies of and... All is well. This is your host, the Scarborough Dude, signing out. A happy camper parked in a driveway in Gibbville, Ontario. Uh, feeling good. And uh, next stop will be tomorrow morning, three, or tomorrow afternoon, at the Only Cafe. You'll be hearing about that, too. Stay tuned. Bye for now. Check, check, check. Uh, I don't have a bell in this car, so... Uh, that's uh, what you get, but instead I am holding this Buddha in my hand again. God, how I love it. Remember the, the last episode I finished with this Buddha, and it really changed my mood and outlook? And uh, when I was packing up to uh, come out in my wife's car, the Mazda, uh, this was on my little table, and I thought, oh, i got to bring it. And here it is in my hand once again. So ending one episode holding this gold Buddha incense burner in my hand and starting off well no i'm not starting off i'm in the middle of this one all right all right doesn't matter i'm holding the buddha jesus <laughs> all right putting it down jesus all right all right let's get this show on the road i wanted you to know how much trouble i go to find a place to record these podcasts now that's not true sometimes it's very easy it's either thompson park or bluffers park but today I thought, I want to go to a different park. So I drove the full length of uh, Lawrence Avenue East to get to uh, a little park right on sort of a Port Union. It's a nice place we've been to before, you and I together. It used to be a canoe launching place, a little river. I told the story of how I used to launch my own canoe there. And... Um, the gate was closed, damn it. So you could sort of park at the top and then walk all the way down. Well, for me, that's a long walk downhill and then worse, going uphill. So I turned around took a drive. A lot of side streets in around the Port Union area, if you know Toronto or Scarborough. And um, found another one. Gosh, forget the name already. And drove in, and it's kind of in Adams Park. It was called Adams Park. And it's like a one-lane entry into the park across a bridge. And boy, if your car is, you got to be watching the mirrors on both sides. It's a narrow bridge. you got to get dead on center to get through it. And got up there, and the parking lot was full. It had been taken over by, looked like a religious ceremony. I think they were uh, Indian, or Indian heritage. Sorry, and I don't mean native people. Um, from the costumes they seem to be wearing, but a lot of bowing and maybe, gosh, who knows what the ceremony was. But anyway, bam, 
There was not a park, a park to spot, or even a spot to park. So I had to leave there, and uh, eventually, I knew if I kept going along Lawson, I would get to the Colonel Danforth Park, where I'm parked now, and just as I pulled in, it started raining. So I ain't going for a walk in the rain. We're sitting in the car, looking out at the window at all the green. I mean, it's a lovely place to be, but anyway, Jesus... All that just to tell you where I am and uh, actually kind of why I'm here. I like to podcast. I, I'm not comfortable podcasting at home. Too many things that, that remind me of things I should do. When I come out in the car and I look out at the green, uh, I feel a little freer. So uh, there we are. Uh, last night, being Saturday, was an only cafe night with the usual... John and Lisa met at 3, and uh, I was out of there by, uh, well, I was home by 9 o'clock. So, you know, it wasn't a long day, but that was, uh, it was a good evening, good chance to talk. John left a little earlier, having been very fatigued from uh, his social outings and photo shoots and uh, marching along with other photographers and uh, being very sociable these days. So Lisa and I stayed behind, and we had a little talk. Uh, I mean, again, to me, the purpose of the only cafe is for conversation. So this was about selfishness, and I, I gave a scale. I said, where are you on this scale between generous and selfish? Um, and uh, she honestly answered somewhere in the middle. We talked about that a little bit. Uh, and this is because, you know, again, I have that feeling of this is something I have to change in me and start thinking of others more. And um, I, it was almost a relief to hear somebody give themselves just that middle, not really selfish, but being in the middle is, means owning up to being a little bit selfish, looking after yourself, right? If you're in the middle, if, if it's one or the other, if you're generous, bam, you're, you, you're always thinking of other people. And maybe fewer people than I think are like that. It's just that I I can I set myself as a the standard of being very selfish. Everything is for Ken's benefit, and it it bothers me. So there was another turn in the evening, it, it uh, which was kind of interesting. The only cafe kitchen is closed. Poor Sue's Muse went without eating, so she got back out in the street. So um, both John and Lisa went out for food, went to different places. And Lisa went to a Turkish restaurant right next door, Galata or something like that, um, and came back with, uh, you know, a, a thing, sausage and rice and salad and and a dessert called kunefe, kunefe, I think. Um yeah, kunefe, or maybe kunefe, I don't know, anyway, gave me a little taste, and it was delicious, or so I thought at the time, now mind you, I was high, and you know, sometimes your taste buds get really excited at something new, but I absolutely loved it, and I thought, aha, this, this, is something I could do for Naoko. I'm never, you know, bringing her back things or, you know, I've tried the bread pudding. Well, the first time it was a treat. The second time, no, not that again, you know. She didn't say that, but she didn't eat it. So I thought, why not bring her back this dessert? So off I go, leave John and Lisa talking, um, you know, and I'm sure they were very happy to have me out of there so they can have conversation of their own. Um... And walk the full length, full block, you know, don't find this place anyway. And then realized, oh, I walked right past it. It's almost next door. Like it's one door down from the only. So back I go with the intention of buying a dessert for my wife. And I walk in and I'm, boy, I'm pretty buzzed at this point. And, uh, you know, the waitress was, oh, those eyes. Wow. She was a cutie. But I know what to do. All right, this is what I want. Explained to her. She said, okay, okay. And uh, paid at the till. And, I, you know, I said, should I wait here? She said, oh, you could, you could sit anywhere. And we'll bring it to you very, very nicely. So I step outside and they've got a little patio area. And there's one table left. Three chairs, one little table. 
And I go and I just say, this is perfect. Sit outside, enjoy the street scenes, the passers-by, soak up what's happening at the other tables. And just as I sit down, I see a couple walk towards it and stop. And I realize they're looking for a table. They want that table. And I was so happy to stand up with my cane, mind you, and say, please, I want you guys to have this table. That's a, please take it. You need a table. And it was a couple. And for some reason, I really I was attracted to them as a couple having a, a night out at this Turkish restaurant. And they seemed to be new at dating. I don't think they knew each other that well. And I think they were from two different backgrounds. And I couldn't identify what and didn't need to, but just, you know, this is going to be interesting. And, you know, oh, no, 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 it's okay. And I said, no, I insist. So she very wisely took the extra chair and moved it to a place where I could sit, but not at their table. Perfect, perfect. So I'm sitting there quietly minding my business, except that I can close enough to hear everything they're saying. And they're going back and forth. Well, should we get a platter and share it? Should we do this? And, well, what do you want? And I could see... A familiar scene, a familiar scene. Well, what do you want? And with couples, that can be a, a, a friction point that one of them wants to the other to make the decision, but they might not be happy with the decision. They're holding it in reserve. And the other one just wants them to make a damn decision. Get what you want. I know what I want. And you could see it. There was a little dance back and forth. So the waitress came and they they went back and forth and they ordered. And just as she left, I found my opening. And yes, when I'm high, I like to engage with people because I'm on. I'm a charming character. You won't mind if I butt into your conversation. And I could tell it was it was safe. I wasn't going to be interrupting something private and where they, you know, didn't want it. I knew it was going to be okay. So I said, you know, that's one of the uh, the most challenging sentences in a marriage. What do you want? What do you feel like? And, of course, that got their attention. They kind of laughed and... You know, I'll, I'll keep this story short because, you know, I could drag this out for another 10 minutes. I had a wonderful interaction with them. They loved it. They ate it up. I mean, at the end, he got up, shook my hand. She was smiling. They wanted to hear my words of wisdom. And I know, I know that sounds like a stretch. Oh, my God, you butted into somebody's private conversation, dude. Leave them alone. No, 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 no. They ate it up. Because I had told them the purpose of my going there was to buy something for my wife of 30-plus years. Oh, they wanted to hear about that. And uh, just sometimes when you smoke, you know, you can, you, you can sometimes, Jimmy, you can start off, oh, my God, am I going to die? You've heard that before on my podcast. And other times it takes a little while, but you get in the groove. You're riding that wave. You are on top of things. Every word that comes out of your mouth is going to fit. You've got control. You're, you, you don't know what your lines are. It's not rehearsed. You're not playing a tape. But you just know you're on. And it was a wonderful little conversation. They did want to know. I did give them the, the secret. I did give them the... She wanted to know one of the secrets to a marriage. And I said, well, that starts before you get married. The secret is you have to respect the other person. It's not about anything else. It's about respect. If you don't have respect, there is no hope for the marriage. It's respect. And I believe that to this day. And then I went on to give the other, you know, I said, back when I was a chauvinist, I had a wife test. And the test was quite simple. If you're on a public vehicle, public transit, and the woman you were with did not get up, and I'm sure this could work both ways, it should, did not get up to offer her seat to an elderly person, then game over. That's it. And I said, I was so relieved when the woman I was with offered her seat. So you just, you know, all right, I've shared it with you, Jesus. I knew I was going to, but it was fun. 
It was, it was engaging, and meanwhile, John and Lisa are having a great time back at the table on their own. I'm out in the middle of nowhere on the Danforth, you know, just high and buzzing and talking to people. This is what's fun sometimes for me, okay? Maybe I am a bit of a showman. I don't know. But I did, did like it. I did enjoy it. All right. Now, here's one more story from the only from last night, and that is I spilled my beer. I had a really nice... Gosh, what was it called? The, uh, yeah, that's not going to come back to me. But it was a very, very decent beer. It was, it was an IPA. It was a something, something IPA. Anyway, you don't care, do you? Um, and I spilled it. I was ready to get up and I just knocked it over with my hand. I am a little clumsier now, but this doesn't happen often. It's been a while since I spilled, but I like I spilled that beer. Glass over, beer flowing all over the table. Lisa's just able to pick up her stuff in time, not to get wet herself. And uh uh So straight to the bar. Max, of course, knows that Max uh I didn't say Max because I forgot his name. I just found out again from asking Lisa. Um I, I spilled my beer. Can I have a towel? Hey, no, don't worry, Ken. I'll take care of it. I go back to my seat. Next thing, Max is over. He's got one cloth. He's mopping it up. Then he's got another cloth. He's soaping down the table, cleaning it. Another cloth. He's drying it. And he says, I'll get you. What, what were you drinking, Ken? And at that time, I remembered what IPA it was. Uh, it was a hazy IPA. I just don't know which one. Yeah, no problem. And he comes back with a full pint that I was not charged for, or full glass. And damn it, that was nice. Like, what kind of service is that? Where You don't get that in the fucking Firkins. You know, you don't get that in a big chain bar. You get that in a place like the only when you're a regular customer. Full replacement. It was just so damn decent of him. And, I, and you, you just you appreciate that, you know? So that's about all I got. Only cafe, I'm on, spilled beer, replaced, uh, self-generous scale. Um, the road trek, of course, I'm just so happy about that, but we've already told that story. So uh, that's about it. Fifteen minutes, I'm here at the uh, park. It's raining. I'm going to go back home and see if my wife wants to uh, wants me to get, get her something nice for supper. I think our son is still in Sudbury. So uh, we'll see how that plays out. She's very tired. She doesn't sleep well, and uh, boy, that just sure wrecks her days, and especially a day when she has to work from uh, straight through from 9 to 5 with barely time for a lunch or a break of any kind. Scabber Dude, signing out. Yours truly. Here it is, back with the Buddha. Bye-bye for now. Ding-dong. I'm as happy as can be Timmy that quick gets Timmy Jack You make my heart go clickety-clack
Okay. That uh, big bell sound means Marin Sal. Haven't uh, podcast. Well, I was going to say I hadn't podcast from here for a while, but that's not true. I just did uh, from Kempville. Uh, but it is in my driveway now. God, I'm just so happy to have it plugged in and everything working again. Uh, it's just such a relief and, and such a wonderful brotherly act to uh, for my older brother to take that on. Okay, um, lots to say on this Monday, the Queen's Funeral, Day of the Queen's Funeral. Uh, I watched quite a bit of it. I was quite moving. I, I think the one thing I'd want to say is that for a lot of people, she represented, you know, I mean, for British people, but also some of us way over here in Canada and other uh, Commonwealth countries, maybe. Uh, sort of a mother figure, you know, not a close mother, but uh, somebody we cared about and, and admired and respected, or I did anyway, and I know there's uh, others out there. That's fine, different opinion, not going to argue with anybody. Um, but it did trigger a lot of sadness. Like, you, you'd think about your own losses. Like, I, I thought about my mother when I'm thinking about the Queen, and, and a lot of people were, were affected that way. It was like a collective mourning. And that was quite wonderful. And the service, I mean, again, it was just unbelievable how... <laughs> I, I don't know the word. Uh, majestic, royal, dignified, uh, precise, uh, you know, just an awful lot that... Uh, compared to, you know, some countries... Things just erupt in chaos, and that is not the British way. But anyway, I, I, I don't want to go on too much about it, but it would be silly for me to put out this podcast today, uh, June the um, 19th, without acknowledging that this was the day of uh, the funeral. Uh, Close-ups, of course, of uh, Prince Charles looking very, uh, I guess, well, not sad, of course, sad. Anyway, I, I'm just going to say a big thank you to my queen, Queen Elizabeth, for her, uh, for all she did to um, set a good example for other world leaders uh, and few who could live up to her. But boy, oh boy, uh, this was not phoniness when, when world leaders and former prime ministers or uh, governor generals spoke about her. They spoke with such affection and warmth, and every one of them wanted to believe, yeah, but we were friends too, it wasn't just the Queen, like, we were friends, she she cared, so I guess what, uh, the only thing that bothers me is, um, when people make comments, I, I don't mind jokes, that's fine, make fun of Charles, or his ears, or whatever, but when they're made out of ignorance, if people just don't know the facts, like saying they're lazy, or they're, uh, you know, they don't do anything or they're, they're spoiled and not take into consideration all that they do uh, in real life and how difficult it is to, to be uh, born into that and have to carry out, the, you know, the weight of this responsibility. So, all right, let's park that. Um, I don't know if I have anything left. It's uh, I, I, productive. And Mondays are often a day I just feel, I wake up and feel depressed. Oh my God, I got to do things. It's a new week. But today I filled out my Arrive Can app, which is something you need to get back into Canada once you leave, whether by plane or by car. Um, and, you know, proof of your vaccination and so on. And uh, I got it done. You know, download the app and then you have to get proof of your of your. Uh, vaccines and so on and that was a little trickier then you needed to proof your passport and they scanned that but it all it all worked well so it's all there ready to go and when I, it's time for me to come back to Canada I will have everything in place and should be okay and on top of that on top of that um, I booked for tomorrow um, my fourth shot my you know second booster because it's the new Pfizer the one that's I forget what they call it uh, I had the word a while ago but you know should cover the new variant so uh, and that was easily done through Ontario province of Ontario and go online there well 
Where do you live? And uh, here it is, just uh, up the street from us. So um, I will have a I'll be double vaxxed. And th- these are the two things I needed done before I went to uh, um, the States for my um, uh, the Kerouac gathering. I had a dream about it last night about uh, somebody called Dale Topham, who some of you might know. And uh, it was very weird, uh, you know, and I, and I think it, it's caused me a certain degree of anxiety about, oh, what do I have to prepare and where am I going to stay and all, all the stuff, you know, that I, I say, you know, when you're young, you just, hey, just go ahead. But you get older, you kind of want some degree of certainty or some answers. But uh, anyway... We'll worry no more. That will be done. So, what's left? You've heard a couple of songs here. Two songs that I like. I think I think I included Tweedledee. And I've played that song twice before on the Dixon Janes podcast. And it's just one. Uh, Laverne Baker, I think. That, oh, here comes the rain. Jeez. Whoa. Okay. That uh, I knew from uh, when I was uh, very, very young. It would have been, I think it came out maybe 1956 or something. And we, I, I think we even had the record. Probably my father would have bought it. And, uh, I, and I'm guessing a 78, you know. But anyway, uh, that just, that's something that just makes me feel happy. And it's, the more you listen, every time you listen, you're like, wow, she nailed it. This is really good. And uh, something else in there, too. I don't know what. So... I guess that's about it, folks. Um, you know, I'm very happy to hear from people. I'll give one one little shout-out to somebody else whose name I won't mention, but he will know, I think. Um, friend of the family uh, and, um, well, friend of me and me with his family, uh, who just has started again listening to this podcast and... Uh, Gave me some words of encouragement. Just sent a little text message or note and uh, just, you know, hang in there. I listen and uh, I think was maybe complimenting me on my honesty or integrity or something like that. But uh, it was uh, it was good to get. So thank you, you out there who uh, I assume know who you are. And uh, anybody else who happens to listen to this, you know, I'll send a note sometime. Just, you know, it'd be a thrill, especially for uh, somebody who I don't know is listening, Dixon Janes, D-I-C-K-S-N-J-A-N-E-S at gmail.com. And uh, this promise of, uh, you know, a new um, YouTube channel, and that's still in development. Oh, my God, that reminds me. I've got to send out notices for... Uh, the upcoming Dixon Jane zine. So if you've got a story to write, if you're on the reading list, if you've already been getting these things and uh, you like to write, so that'd be people like uh, Jason in Tennessee, Tennessee Jake. Um, I forget what the theme is, but I think I mentioned it in the last issue. So go back to that, but uh, we'll see. And anyway, it's open season, whatever, whatever you like. But uh, entries are a welcome. So that's it. I'm. Uh, I'm. Uh, we're done. Scarborough dude signing out from uh, from the rain and his van. Job. It's going to hold up my shopping because it's pouring. Bye for now. For the queen. No, I'm not going to do it 96 times.